Well, hey, I'm here with Jeff Mathis. Just got context of his last name, um, which is <laughs> cool. <laughs> How are you today, man? I'm doing good, man. I live in Kona, Hawaii. There's, yeah. there's not a ton I can complain about. It's 82 degrees at 8 a.m. in the morning, so I'm pumped. Right. Yeah, it is 17 degrees, and it is noon here in Omaha, Nebraska. So <laughs> We're definitely different. Yeah. We're definitely different parts of the country. Right. Hey, I'll take it, though. Um, yeah, so, hey, super random. Give us a little context of your last name. I, th- I thought it was super cool, and I'm assuming our viewers will as well. Yeah, totally. So my, when my grandparents came from Russia with their family, my grandpa had three other brothers, two other brothers, and they all pronounced our name differently when they came to America. So one's Mathis, the other one's Matisse, and then I think the other one's Matthias. Mm. So they're all very different. Same spelling, though. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm Andrew. Last name, obviously, people always say Andrews, though. Um, it's been a thing since like kindergarten. Yeah. It's first thing my dad ever spoke over me. It was like, Hey, just to let you know for the rest of your life, people are going to say Andrews and you can't get mad. So here I am. Still to stay. That's awesome. Oh man. I'm used to the last name stuff in high school. Yep. Matisse, Matthias. Oh, dude, I, got, <laughs> right. I definitely got it all. Matty Ice. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about who you are. What do you do? Um, why the heck you're in Hawaii and why all yeah. of them couldn't be with you? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, seven years ago, I came to Kona, Hawaii for a program through the uh, Youth with the Mission, YWAM. Um, I did a DTS and really, for me, I was, I was, you know, I left the church. I was working at Nordstrom selling women's shoes and uh yeah let's go and really felt the lord begin to lead me back into full-time ministry and uh that's when i found out about ywam i found out about the dts program i was going to come for like six months that's the that's how long the program is Mm -hmm. and uh seven years later a wife and two kids here i am um so i work with ywam as a full-time missionary uh we go all over the world training and activating believers to live the lifestyle of jesus and then I also work for a stadium movement, which uh, YWAM would be a collaborator of uh, called The Send. Mm. And The Send, short, short clip on The Send. The Send started in, in the year 2000. A guy named Lou Engel pioneered a ministry called The Call. And his whole um, ethos of their ministry was to gather young people to pray and fast, believing for revival in America. Mm-hmm. And they did their first gathering at the National Mall. I think it was somewhere around 450,000 uh, young people showed up at the National Mall. And, um, you know, then for the next 18 years, he would gather in stadiums and arenas all across America internationally, calling young people to pray and fast for revival. 2013, a, uh, a word was given by a couple of YWAMers to Lou saying, hey, we, we believe there's a transition coming to the call. And these guys weren't seeking after a new ministry, but it said that we believe a transition's coming to the call, that it's not just going to be prayer and fasting, but the proclamation of the gospel signs, wonders, and miracles, and believing that the same passion that Billy Graham walked in, a whole generation walking the same thing. So it wouldn't just be Billy Graham, the one, it would be Josh, the, the, the Billy Graham heart, you know, Jeff, the, the heart of Billy Graham, that we're all empowered to preach the gospel. 2016, we did a gathering called uh, Zusa Now at the LA Coliseum, 75,000 people, and was kind of a transitional point of testing out the waters, it, does a generation want to gather around the Great Commission? Um, you know, 75,000 people lifted their shoes in the air 
as really a symbol saying, hey, we'll go anywhere for the gospel. Yeah. Fast forward 2019, February 23rd, we're in Orlando at Camping World Stadium, 60,000 young people gathered, um, all committing to different mission fields. This is a fun story. We do, we do Orlando. So many Brazilians show up. We then uh, look to Brazil as our next send gathering. And um, we, you know, they're looking at stadiums. We, we get our first stadium and uh, we do one Instagram post in six hours, the stadium sells out. Wow. The stadium calls and says, Hey, this is the fastest sellout we've ever had. And we ask him, you know, who had it before us? It was Coldplay and U2. Oh, nice. You know, it's like, let's go. It's time that Jesus right. sells out stadiums faster than the best artists of our day. And uh, we went, we opened up one more stadium, sold out in 12, uh, 24 hours, and then opened up another stadium in the capital in Brasilia and 155,000 people one day, three different stadiums across Brazil, all declaring the same thing. We'll go anywhere for the gospel. So now we have our eyes set on Kansas City mm-hmm. in, in May. So my main role is I work with... Um, I'm basically mobilization, trying to get people, uh, you know, raise awareness around the sin, doing stuff like this, talking to guys like you uh, in churches, um, calling pastors, calling high schools, saying, hey, this is what we're doing. We'd love for you to be a part of it. So uh, it's a fun job. I I love what I get to do. We're going to be in Omaha with you here in a couple of weeks. So I'm pumped. 100%. I'm excited. And something that I think is just beautiful is I would assume anyways, um, I know it's not good to assume always, but Um, when you were young, like 17, 18, this was not, um, the thing that was in your mind or it was, um, I was chasing girls, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yep. And how, how did you get here though? Like what, what was the, the change in your heart? Like even why, 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 like what was that for you? Yeah. Well, I got saved when I was 16 years old, um, got saved really kind of by, um, a guy that would would have professed he was an atheist. And, um, you know, one day I'm, we're with all our buddies and, and I'm living, I'm living the double life. My best friend was the all-star Christian. And I was like, yeah, I'll do the Christian thing, but I was still selling drugs at the same time. <laughs> it's right. like, you, you can't do both things. Um, and this guy, uh, we're in a, we're in a little group. I'm in a small private Christian school. And, uh, this guy looks at me and he says, Jeff, you're the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, in that moment, I feel like the fear of the Lord come on me. And, and, uh, I, what I felt was, you know, what I'm not going to say it was audible, but it was clear. And I felt the Holy spirit say, if you're going to take on my name, you need to act like it. Wow. And it was this invitation of like, you know, the family name, you know, like the Mathis family, we, we act a certain way, you know, like I have a son, I'm going to raise him like, Hey, Mathis men, we're not passive. You know, there's a family culture. Yeah. And I really felt that from my father, the, my father in heaven to say, hey, there's a culture to taking on our uh, on the, uh, the family name. Mm-hmm. And so I, I gave my life to the Lord. In my senior year of high school, we had an invitation to go on a mission trip to Mexico. And uh, it was my first exposure to an international context, specifically Christianity in an international context. And, you know, seeing the power of God, seeing, you know, people get saved off the streets uh, drunk people getting sobered in a moment, filled with the Holy spirit saved like the whole, I mean, I'm like, we're in the book of acts. This is crazy. Right. And, um, so for me, I was, I was, uh, obsessed with seeing people encounter Jesus. So, you know, that led me to a year in youth ministry. Um, and then when I was kind of looking back into ministry, what I saw about YWAM, what I saw about, 
the specific ministry that I'm a part of called Fire and Fragrance was, man, these guys are all about the Jesus thing. It wasn't just a, a an experience. This was like, we want to pursue Jesus and everything that comes with that, we want it. Yeah. Uh, and that to me was the most releasing empower and they believed in young people they believed in empowering women they they believed in some of these things that were so near and dear to my heart and i was like man this feels like my family and my tribe mm-hmm. and uh you know i was 3 a.m at a coffee shop going through community college classes doing my finals and i signed up for a dts needed to raise ten thousand dollars had no idea where that was going to come from and the Lord provided every penny through like little Pentecostal handshakes here and there, like yeah. random, random ways of God providing. Um, and that's how I found myself in YWAM. It was a community of believers that had a vision that was so much bigger that not one person could fulfill it. You know, we're believing that Matthew 24, 14, that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all people. And then the end will come. It's like the mandate is to preach the gospel to all creation. That doesn't happen by one person. That happens with you, with me, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, taking the gospel everywhere and anywhere. There's 3.2 billion people that don't know the name of Jesus. And that's the greatest injustice uh, that we live in today, is that someone doesn't have access to the gospel. And that's what YWAM's about. That's what the Sen's about. That's yeah. what I'm about. So that's kind of, that's kind of you know, a, a, a little bit of the story of how I got uh, into YWAM. Yeah, 100%. I had somebody... Well, like two weeks ago, asked me this question. And I think it'd be kind of fun to go down this route for a minute. He asked me, he said, do you have a heart uh, for Omaha? And I, because I always, you know, you use church language that you don't necessarily just like think about. And when he asked me that, I didn't know how to respond with like a, I was more like, sure, I think. I was like, I think when I go to Malibu or Idaho or, anywhere I go, I feel this heart for the people. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm on Zoom with a guy from Indonesia or um, one of my friends, like I said, in Idaho, um, I think it encapsulates the picture of what we should be. Obviously, you need to be planted in a local church, but um, wherever you are, like I live in Omaha right now, so this is my passion point. Um, But I guess speak to that a little bit, because I'm still going through that. It's like, I have a heart for the world, obviously, but like you just said, I can't reach the world, but I can reach my world, you know? Um, yeah. but I think it's more just having a heart for wherever you are. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Walk me through that. Yeah. I mean, I think of, I think of Acts 1-8, you know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth right? We have to, we have to understand one is what do, not what do I have a heart for? What does God have a heart for? What's on his heart? And what's on his heart is your neighbor. And at the same time, there's 14,000 feet in the Himalayas, a small village of maybe 10 to 15 people that he has the same heart for. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's looking, you know, one where God, where have you called me? Like, obviously what's in front of me right now? It's the it's the grocer at the store, you know, it's the barista, you know, behind, behind the, the arc at archetype, you know, oh. it's all those different things, but it's also, I think, and what I think I love about our community is carrying this weight in intercession and prayer. Mm-hmm. And so I know I can, I can give myself to my city. You know, I give myself to the youth in my city. We do different youth gatherings, but at the same time, I'm praying for the middle East because I know the middle East is on, on, 
God's heart. And, you know, uh, Matthew nine, Jesus said that, you know, the harvest is ripe, the labors are few, therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Mm -hmm. So you might not be able to go to Nepal, you might not be able to go to China, you might not be able to go, you name the, you name the nation. But what you can do is you can access heaven at any time. And, and for me, what I'm constantly praying is Lord send laborers to the Middle East, send laborers to Southeast Asia. And also at the same time, when I pray that prayer, God, if you want to send me, I'm willing to go. Mm -hmm. But until you send me, I'm going to give myself, there's the, this group called the Moravians. If you've ever studied the Moravians, they're like the most epic missionaries on the planet. They were like young guys, you're, you know, our age, that would basically say, you know, I would do anything to see someone get saved. There were two guys, famous story of them, um, you know, depending on where you look it up and who you ask, they, uh, you know, some say they sold themselves into slavery. Others say they were willing to sell themselves into slavery, but it was so much these guys, no matter what the cost, they would, they would, you know, bring the gospel anywhere and everywhere. But they had this famous saying, let the lamb who was slain receive the full reward of his suffering. And I think when we look at the price that Jesus paid, there's no cost that I won't pay for him to get his reward because I don't deserve to be here right now. I don't deserve to have the gospel message. I don't deserve to have grace. I don't deserve to have love, peace, a sound mind, self-control. I don't deserve any of that, but he's given that free gift. And because I've been given that free gift, I owe the world that free gift of salvation, you know, through the preaching of the gospel. So I'm giving myself to my city. But at the same time, I'm carrying a heart for the nations, for L.A., for Hollywood, for yeah. New York City, you know, for for Delhi and India. You know, I'm carrying that in prayer and saying, God, would you send laborers, but mm -hmm. also always having the willingness in my heart, wherever you send me, Isaiah 6, 8, here I am, send me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, yeah. but I think it's it's that that dichotomy of you know, being where you are, giving yourself fully, but also carrying the nations in prayer and intercession. Mm -hmm. 100% and super, super great. Um, even some more practicals, I guess, for maybe there's like a 14 year old watching this and they're saying, hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to high school. Uh, I go to church. I love Jesus. I don't necessarily know how to uh, show that to my friends. What would be one to two tips that you would give somebody who wants to share the gospel and they're eager to it, but they just don't know necessarily how. Yeah, that's, that's such a good question. And I think, you know, the gospel uh, and preaching the gospel, right? Because we look at, I mean, anytime I think of, of preaching the gospel, I'm always thinking of like, the the guy at the festival that's got the sign, you know, yeah. repent or else, you know, turn right. or burn. Um, I've, I have found, man, the simplicity of preaching the gospel sometimes is as easy as asking the question, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. And I think in our society, that's something we've passed through. It's like, hey, what's up? Hey, how are you? And we just keep walking and we pay no right. attention. But I, I, see a, I see Jesus in scriptures. Is he, you know, the woman at the well, he sat, he waited, he heard, he listened. And I think that's the, the art of listening is something that's been... Um, missed in in our generation and i think start by asking someone how their day is going listen to them and you're going to find that their heart is longing for a savior and you have the answer inside of you and so that's what i tell our students that's what i try to do in my own life is constantly everywhere i'm at i i, I want to be a good human 
Yeah. You know, I want to just be a good human and, and, uh, and a lover of Jesus. And so I go places and I ask people, Hey, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. And I listen. And then, you know, the classic answer, I'm doing fine. Oh, you're doing just fine. What's well, like, what's that about? Tell me, tell me about that. Next thing I know I'm getting their life story. Next thing I know they're, you know, I'm sharing the gospel with them. They're crying. God's speaking to me about them just because I sat, I paused and I listened. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, we get so concerned with like, I got to get the, the five fundamentals of the gospel perfectly and got to make sure I lead them down the Romans road. So, you know, (laughs) precisely, but it's like, yes, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm going to train you how to do that. But first you're never going to get to the Romans road. If you don't just listen and have a conversation with someone. And someone's not, you know, someone doesn't get saved by you listening. They get saved by the preaching and the proclamation of the gospel. So it's not sacrificing one for the other. It's both and. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my tip to like a young person. Just start asking people in your school, be a good human, be a good person that just sits and listens with people. And you're going to realize you have way more answers than you think you do. Yeah, a hundred percent. What's funny is anytime my wife and I go out to dinner, I always try almost immediately just to ask the waiter or waitresses, like, what's your name? Yeah. And they're always so caught off guard. Like, oh, yeah, Willis. Uh, I'm like, oh, cool, Willis. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Just like being over above and beyond with just your your questions and your joy. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not happiness. It's joy. It's like, hey, I'm just yeah. excited to see you. I don't even know who you are, but I'm excited. I'm excited you're my waiter. Um, and I was listening to a sermon from one of my friends this last week, and he's talking about how um, the Bible says that he will lead us through all truth, um, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. And what's yeah. funny is he, he tied it in with Jesus saying, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Yeah. Um, so what's funny is when somebody's prompting in their mind, there might be people on here who don't even believe in God. And I'm pumped that they're listening because what's yeah. funny is if you've ever asked yourself, is God real? Um, what's funny is you were talking to God the whole time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, that was, that was God who prompted that question in your mind. It didn't just come yeah, out yeah. of nowhere. Um, is he's the one who's leading you to the truth. Um, faith is divine persuasion and mm-hmm. uh, we just have to be conduits. We have to be people who say yes. And like you said, be listeners. And that's yeah. really the heart behind this whole YouTube channel, this podcast, um, is just to have more conversations, um, with yeah. people who I'm in alignment with people who, completely disagree with every single piece of my moral code um yeah just have conversations because i feel like it's needed more yeah um, i think we do uh, uh some christians give it a bad rap of they just want to talk and they don't want to listen mm-hmm. um and you and i both could probably list people we're like dang like if only they could just we could sit down and coffee and just have a conversation yeah. and that's the whole point so um yeah i mean kind of going a little bit more deeper into the sen i really want to talk about that yeah we can yeah. wrap up but um so it's happening in kansas city give us a little yes. details like if i have no idea what the send is of course i do but um what yeah, is the yeah. send? we talked about the history of it right um, but what's this year going to look like yeah yeah well the aim of the send really is to empower and equip the everyday believer you know put put the missions tools inside the hands of the believer, you know, um, we're talking about tools for a 14 year old, you know, the send we're hoping that 14 year old girl, she comes to the send. Mm -hmm. And so we have five mission fields. So, you know, we believe everyone's a missionary. So we have five different mission fields that we're calling the stadium to on the day of, and that would be, um, high schools, university campuses, um, your community, uh, vulnerable children. So really engaging in the area of foster care and adoption, uh, 
-hmm. and um, lastly, the nations. And so throughout the day, it's kind of going to be sectioned out like that, you know, kind of bringing the experts in the field of high school. So your buddy, my buddy, Jacob Coyne, you mm -hmm. know, he's going to be sharing about suicide prevention. A friend of mine, uh, Brian Barcelona with the Jesus Clubs, they're in high schools all across America doing clubs at lunch. You know, some are two, three, four hundred students at the lunch hour gathering to hear about the name of Jesus using social media, TikTok, you know. Um, as an avenue to share the gospel. And they're going to give all of those tools. So my hope is Sally, 14 years old, gets so gripped with her high school, with the heart for her high school. You know, she texts in the day of, and she's like, I want to be involved in, in reaching my high school. So she texts in. And then our partner ministries, our experts in the field, then we'll have a robust follow-up plan to actually put tools in little Sally's hands to say, okay, this now is how you reach your high school. The same for the nations, uh, the same for, um, you know, your community. What does it look like for you to engage in your community? What does it look like? Even if you're a church pastor, what is it? How can we help resource you connect you, um, with ways to impact your community? So those are our five mission fields. That's what the whole day is. I mean, we just launched our speaker lineup yesterday, you know, not that it's about the speakers and the worship leaders, but that's a fun part of you see the unity in the body of Christ. Yeah. You know, of course, we're like, we're nameless and faceless. We're like, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. And we have some fun guys on stage you'll, you never heard of, you know, that are doing incredible things for God. Um, but it does, it shows the unity in the body of Christ. I mean, yeah. you know, the charismatic movement, the evangelical movement, you know, the, the, the Baptist, I mean, we just got everybody at the table. And I think the the great commission is the great unifier. Yeah. And so the day of the sin, it's going to be a 12 hour day. So we're starting early in the morning um, with a, with a prayer set and, and it's full on. I mean, um, you know, there'll be worship teams, small messages, you know, sound bites, responses, praying for one another. I mean, it'll be a really powerful, engaging day. I mean, there won't be, I remember one in Orlando, there wasn't a minute I wanted to miss. Of mm -hmm. course I work for the sin. So I'm like, I want, you know, I want to see this, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, I know the messages were so compelling. The worship was so anointed. Um, so that's really what we're aiming after for the day of is that someone would come feel empowered, right? It's a big stadium. There's only so much you can do in a big stadium like that. But our hope is to get the stadium together. They respond and then it can funnel down. We can actually begin to impact the individual mm -hmm. um, that feels empowered and now equipped to do the thing that they feel called to do. So, I mean, that's in simplicity what the send is about and it's a collaborative movement so it's not just one ministry head that's leading this out there's a collaboration of seven different ministries so YWAM Kona that would be kind of my side uh, we're one of the collaborators circuit riders out of Huntington Beach um, lifestyle Christianity with Todd White and then we also have Francis Chan and Crazy Love so it's like man we we just got we got a little, got little salt little pepper man it's oh, like yeah. we we got it all so that's um yeah, bro. That's what I would say. Kind of the the message, the heart mm -hmm. of the send is unify the church around the Great Commission and empower and equip the everyday believer to to live the lifestyle of Jesus. Yeah, I love that it's empower and equip because yeah, I remember when I was sixteen, I went to like a youth conference and it was like, come to the front. If yeah, you're called to be a pastor, and I was like, all right, <laughs> everyone else is going. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Say the prayer, and then all of a sudden, here I am. But um, I love that it's equipping too. Um, yeah. I think I outside of just ministry stuff, I do a lot of business strategy and just yeah. through like growing business, and I love it's the macro lens of like, hey, we're gonna reach everybody, and I and people who don't have big vision for their life, for the ministry, for the world. Um, like we know that without vision, people perish and, yeah. um, especially having 80,000 unified people in a vision. Um, it just doesn't get better than that. And I'm super excited just to be there, you know, um, yeah. where my wife and I are just pumped. Um, so just kind of wrapping up, I guess, um, how, how can we find you? How can we contact you? If I'm a youth pastor and I'm like, Hey, we want to be involved. Uh, how do we reach you? Yeah. Yeah. So my email is probably the best way. Cause my phone, you know, we get so many calls, texts throughout the day. Right. Uh, Jeff, J E F F at the send T H E S E N D.org, the send.org, Jeff at the send.org. That's the best way to reach me. Um, our Instagram is, uh, the send, um, just at the send. My Instagram is at Jeff Mathis, my name. So, uh, you can find us anywhere, um, but our website and our Instagram and my email, those would be great places. Um, if you're, if you're a pastor, youth pastor, you want to engage, you got more questions, you're curious. Um, that would be a, an incredible place to, to find us. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm believing that, uh, it's going to be exceedingly abundantly, all of us together, bigger than mm-hmm. what we even could comprehend. Yeah. Um, and the day after the send, all of us can, fist bump each other, drink some coffee yeah. and say, holy smokes, God did that. Yes. We did it. We didn't do anything. We were just vessels and yeah. I'm just excited. And kind of the big, the big question of this whole conversation, if you and I are walking into archetype tomorrow, what's your coffee order? Oof. Probably a little Ethiopian pour over. Yep. Either that or a cat little cappuccino with oat milk. Just kind of depends how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. Feeling hundred percent. I, what's funny is I had a guy on yesterday and he said, uh, Ethiopia. And I was like, you just can't, you can't beat it. I don't know. You like, can't beat it, dude. That's, that's what I'm drinking today in the, in the fellow cup, man. We're, we're Ethiopian all day. Yep. I, so something super random, Kenya was literally changed my life. Um, wow. Never been, I'm in the coffee. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being on. I hope that any viewer uh, leaves this conversation encouraged, um, whether you attend this end, follow on Instagram, or you feel sent right now to just go and have a conversation with your friend at the, the lunch table. Um, yeah. We believe in you. And Jeff, do you have any last words before we leave? Man, Jesus loves you. Let's go. It's the truth. Come yep. on. It changes lives. Change my life. Josh's lives can change your life. 100%. Thank you so much for being on. I'm pumped to see you in a couple Bro. weeks.